Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, as we bring on our local leaders in our community, I'm so proud to have in our studio today Mr. Jim White, who's the Executive Director of Covenant House. Jim, welcome to the program. Great to be here. Thanks. Before we, we jump into the great work that you're doing here at Covenant House, and I must say, ladies and gentlemen, when I say my studio, uh, we are in the actual facility in Covenant House at uh, 331 Washington Street? 330 Washington. 330 yeah. Washington Street. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Uh, could you share with our audience a little bit about your you know, education background and experience and how you came to Covenant House? Yeah, sure. I, can, I think I can do that, uh, if I can remember back then. <laughs> so... Um, I grew up in Queens, in, in, in Flushing, Queens. I went to St. Francis Prep, and then I went to uh, Mercy College in Westchester. I had a tennis scholarship there. I'm one of six kids, so uh, scholarship is a good thing. So we, <laughs> we, I did that and loved it there. And then I went on uh, for my MBA uh, at LIU. I got my MBA. Um, then after my MBA, I felt very blessed in my life, and I wanted to give back. And um, I really didn't have enough courage to go to the Peace Corps <laughs> and go uh, across. So I, I joined what's called Covenant House's Faith Community. It's a volunteer program. So I did that um, for a year, or 18 months rather, and then I fell in love with the work, and so I stayed on as paid staff for a couple of years. But then having my MBA, I decided to go to Wall Street, and I worked at Bear Stearns, uh, Bear it for four years, um, when it was thriving. Yeah, and then I had a, you know, a, a moment of crisis. My sister got very, very ill, and I had a, I guess I had a, a middle-aged crisis at the age of 29 and decided that Wall Street wasn't for me. Um, and I left Wall Street when got my MSW in counseling and therapy uh, from Stony Brook and um, came back to work at Covenant House. And so you've been here at Covenant House how many years now? Well, I started in 82, mm -hmm. uh, but then had a four-year uh, trip to, to Wall Street and then back. So I've been there, yeah, I've been involved since then. So let's talk about Covenant House. A sure. lot of folks probably know the name. They certainly know the logo, mm -hmm. but they necessarily don't know what the mission of Covenant House is. Mm -hmm. Can you share that with our audience? Yeah, so um, our mission is to serve homeless and runaway youth and to really provide them all the services that are necessary to stabilize, but also um, to be a reflection of God's love to them, to kind of celebrate and recognize the dignity uh, that is within them, the divinity that is them, and to um, provide encouragement and love and support, uh, their worthiness in the world. But also, the so it's a, it's a, two-pronged really approach or three-pronged in that we have to provide services so we have medical and legal and job training and education and vocation and all those things therapy and all sorts of different intervention strategies um, most of our kids who come to us are uh, have seen some real trauma uh, in their life um, so our goal is to provide them not only the services but to connect uh, in relationship and to uh, let them know they're not alone we, we've learned that their greatest poverty is, is often their aloneness. Uh, so we deal with kids under the age of 21, 18 to 21. About 30 plus percentage of our kids are kids from foster care. Um, Interesting, the, from yeah, foster care. Yeah, so a foster care experience. 
we just did a study, uh, the longest and largest study of its kind on trafficking youth um, that we just put out. We finished that about a month ago. And, uh, and trying to deepen our understanding of who our young people are so to better serve them, better get next to them. Um, speaking of trafficking, um, mm -hmm. the famous New York uh, Yankee manager, um, the gentleman who's retired now. Um, I'm a Met fan, so you're on your own. I know. I'm a, <laughs> Met, I'm a Met fan, too. Uh, it will come to me, but uh, he has a foundation called Safe at Home. Uh, Joe Torre? Joe yeah. Torre. Yeah, yeah. And um, he commissioned a film called Stuck in Traffic mm. about trafficking of youth. Mm. And, and my daughter happened to get the part playing the, the role of, of, of Cassie. Oh, wow. How um, cool. But... I've always have been aware of the trafficking issue. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't aware of how prevalent it was. Mm -hmm. um, how do you deal with the, the, the trafficking issue here at Covenant House? I, I, I guess the social workers, they bring mm -hmm. children to you? Well, yeah, so no kid is mandated to come here. You know, the kids have to come on their own. Um, they're not forced to come here or required to come here. We think that's real important because we want to empower their ability to choose their path in their life. Yes. Um, and then they have to kind of you know, comply to the rules uh, because we don't have to keep you here either. It's all about relationship. Um, so young people, most kids who come to us um, find out about us from other kids. Mm -hmm. That's really kind of the most, the largest referral source. But, but the age group is 18 to 21. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they're under 18, and we do find a lot in our outreach programs, we find kids under 18, then that would be brought to the, the government entity, DIFUS, or whoever is there to um, provide that service. I see. Mm -hmm. And so when you said that a lot of your um, young folks that, that are here, they're from the foster care, is that, is that the foster care situation just didn't work out for them? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, for a lot of kids who um, age out of foster care at the age of 18 um, don't have the skill sets or the mm -hmm. stable, you know, living environment, they're not ready to live on their own. Mm -hmm. So they're really unable to, um, to do that, and then they fall to homelessness. Yeah. And so when you look at the programs that you provide mm -hmm. here for, for these youth, is mm -hmm. there like a regimented curriculum that you have that someone who comes <clears throat> at the age of 18 and that, that, that they go through and then at some point hopefully they graduate or what is the process like? Yeah, so the first process is no questions asked and we give them food, clothing, shelter, safe place. Many of them want to just brush their teeth, take a shower and, and just feel normal again. Um, so we give them that space. Um, that's really the first step. Um, and then um, they often eat... <laughs> pretty aggressively right. you know so we try to do that uh, again with no questions asked and then we begin to connect and start to peel peel away uh, you know peel through some of the struggles that they have and assess you know what they what their needs are and and often what their strengths are too you know I think one of the things we say here is that the least interesting thing about our kids is their homelessness you know they have great resilience uh, many of them and many of them don't you know many of them experience trauma that 
um, really puts them in a, a bad mental state. So we deal with a lot of mental health issues. But what we start to do is just to look at what their strengths are and what mm -hmm. their challenges are and where they want to be and try to help them move to that, you know, to give them the power that, that they need to choose, but, but also options. Yes. These kids don't have a lot of options. So that's really the work. So for some of our kids, they want to go home. And that's, mm -hmm. that's our path, and we try to work with, with the reunification of the family. Mm -hmm. Some kids may have um, mental health issues that they need services on. Uh, some want their own apartment. We do that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, some kids want to go to college. Mm -hmm. uh, some kids have uh, drug or alcohol issues that need to be addressed, and um, that's a journey, and we kind of begin that path with them. So it's not a cookie cutter kind of thing because we deal with kids, because we take everybody, we get everybody. Yeah. And so we have rock star kids who are yeah. tremendously talented and you know, just kind of need a little support. And then we have other kids who have serious issues, you know, serious trauma issues and lack education and lack skills and have been bounced around or been living on the street for a period of time. And so that's a different path. So. Um, but it's an individualized path, you know, for each one, um, and we have to empower them to choose their path. Mm -hmm. So that's really kind of the, the philosophy by which we do. But we do have a, a really cool thing that we've just embarked on, uh, and that's called our Dove Learning Center, where we're really teaching our young people resilience, which can be taught. So we're teaching them things about um, relationship and how to work in relationship uh, from a, a boss, right? Somebody in charge or a landlord or, or even your next door neighbor. How do you relate? Some of our kids lack that skill set. Um, uh, I find a lot of uh, adults. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did, I did yeah. A, I did a seminar with a, an industry <laughs> colleague last week to a bunch of um, publishing professionals mm -hmm. on managing conflict for your career growth. Ooh. Well, we got to get you in here. <laughs> we love to anytime. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. So we we really want to help them grow um, mm -hmm. with uh, vocation. Will be one. You, you need to be able to have that skill and um, education. But there's also body, mind, and spirit. Yes. You know, how do you taking care of your body and health issues and your mind? And you know, we do meditation and yoga. We oh, have all beautiful. sorts of programs. Beautiful. Yeah, to try to get them to, and expose them. You know, a lot of them haven't been exposed to, you know, other, you know, a lot of things in the world. So that's in, important. You know, financial, liter financial literacy is a key thing that kids need to learn if you're going to live in the world. So that's one of our primary focuses. So, um, and some kids are GED bound and some are college bound, but many of them are not. And so, and they're not with us for an extended period of time. The average length of stay is about a little less than two months. But some kids stay six months, some kids stay two days. And um, again, it's their choice. It's their choice. And they, some of them kind of come and then they go back to the street and then they come back again. So right. um, that's part of growing up, you mm -hmm. know, mistakes and doubt and fear. Um, and we just need to be consistent in our care and our messaging you know, of their worthiness and the opportunities that are there for them. As, as we were walking through to uh, this beautiful training room that you have here, mm -hmm. I noticed the relationships that you have with everyone. Yeah. It's very positive, very upbeat, mm -hmm. and very personal. Yeah, I mean, I, we think that uh, what's essential, our kids are smart, they're street smart, they see, they watch, much more sensitive to uh, social cues than you or I because they've had to to survive. Um, and so they see how we care for each other. 
you know. And so, to be authentic, uh, do you, you know, I, you could care for young person, but then if they see you treat your staff people poorly, there's an inconsistency. That's that's not really why we do it. We do it because we know the community is essential in this. That we often say um, that you're, you, as an employee here, are a very important piece, but you are just a piece. So there's this humility of you're part of something larger, and yet there's a pride that you're important to the work here. And everyone does play a role in this. We've learned that over time. You know, we had a young person once who was uh, uh, in a very difficult spot and kind of a suicidal spot, and um, they reached out for the maintenance man. They wanted to talk to our maintenance guy. You know, I was shocked. I said, what about our social workers? You know, and no, he had a connection to this maintenance man. And... Um, isn't that beautiful? That's you know, beautiful. just uh, that it's a community of caring adults, um, and we think that's that's really important. So, you know, um, and the work is hard. You know, we go to a lot of funerals, and oh we bury God. a lot of young people, and oh that's God. why we need to uh, have our brother and sister there to nurture and support us. Because when you do this work, um, you often experience the darkness, and you need your brother and sister to kind of. Wow be with you in that I, tough time. I, it, talking about death is always tough, but these young folks, the ones who have passed on, hmm. was it because of drugs, was it because of violence? Yeah, all, all those violence. things, you know, all those things happen to them. Suicide, you know, um, their lack of, um, of, of connection to the world, you know, all, all sorts of things, the, the pain that they experienced, the, Stress, the mental health challenges, the, the you know they, many of our kids have really experienced horror, and um, to believe in the world again, to believe that the world is kind and that it's nurturing and it's, is is often a big step for our young people, and many of them, many of them take it, mm -hmm. but some get lost in their own uh, the darkness, I would say, you know, and it takes different forms from drugs, to mental health, uh, some of our young people struggling with their own sexual identity and their lack of acceptance of that uh, we've just experienced about a month ago so so there's a you know is it all different reasons of, of why it happens there's not one wow. uh, which makes the work complex so complex but every conversation is important because oh, yeah. you just never know mm. uh, when it will make a difference or, or if you're not there where the individual might decide to take their own life yeah yeah that's right and um, you know the work is humbling you know, we are, we are an important piece, but just a piece. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. And that's an important thing to learn, too. And we, we believe in our work, in our tradition, faith tradition, that, mm -hmm. that God holds us all. And so our job is really uh, to do our piece to it. But um, it's, it's, that's our job, you know. You know, at Seton Hall University, we, we pride ourselves on servant leadership. Mm. And similar to that is that, you know, we all play an important role, but... We, we play a role, and yeah. it's important that we, 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 we play that role well. Right, yeah. We, we um, in terms of leadership, one of our concepts is that the organizational chart is upside down, that it's not me at the top and the pyramid down, but rather upside down and with our kids at the top, our staff who are really supporting them and interfacing with them on a right. daily basis, and everybody else is kind of looking up of how do we, how do we lift these young people up and support them um, in their journey, and uh, that we're all kind of servants to the people 
who are above us. And so I, I got everybody, I yeah, got everybody right. above me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Jim White, the Executive Director of Covenant House here in Newark at 330 Washington Street. Um, so you, I believe you have an annual campaign to raise funds. How, how, do you, how does Covenant House get its funding? I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah it yeah. really is. You know, we're, we're, um, we're very different than other nonprofits in this sector because um, we only get about 17% of our funds from government and where most of organizations that do our work, it's opposite. So they get 80% government and they're 20% on the private sector. Um, we're vast. We, we have a, an annual budget of over $10 million. We mm -hmm. serve thousands of kids a year. We're in Atlantic City. We're in... Uh, we My have hometown. A, oh, is it? My yeah. My hometown. Born and raised, yes. Yeah, well, you better get back there. They, yeah. they need you. It's a tough town. It's going through some real tough stuff. You know, um, mm. my, mom, my mom is 92. Oh. And my sister, Shemaine Gunter-Garris, she used to uh, be the uh, yes. director of health for um, Mayor... Mayor Whalen, now yes. Senator Whalen. Yes, she sure. has the Rights of Passage program. Yes. Yes. Yes, I, I, I know. Just, how cool is that? I, you know, she is a great woman. She, she helped us make that happen. Did she? Yeah, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to let her know that. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's thriving. We've seen uh, hundreds of kids through that program now who have stabilized and moved forward. Yeah. But we're in Atlantic City. Uh -huh. Oh, please do. Send, yes, her, send her our love. She's having an, an event. Celebrating 20 years of doing our Rights of Passage program, mm. which I'm happy I just reminded myself because I need to mark my calendar because I got to be there. You better be I, there. Yeah, yeah. and they'll talk about you at the That's family right. parties. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in Atlantic City. Um, we're also in Camden. Oh, yes. Yes, we're in um, um, Asbury Park, which, and we're building our Rights of Passage program there. We're really excited about that with uh, our partners, Interfaith. Okay. We have a mental health program in Montclair called Montclair. Nancy's Place. Yes. Yep. Elizabeth, we have our Moms and Babies program. Wow. We took over a convent and filled it with moms and uh, ba women who come to us pregnant. Yes. And then yes. we help them through the birthing process oh, and have right. them stay in, in that bond, important bonding period and really right. connect to, to their That's babies. Beautiful. Yeah, it really is kind of cool. And then we're in Jersey City and we mm -hmm. hope to expand there as well. Um, yeah, we're, we're here in Newark in full form. We'll, we'll house over 100 and... 70 people tonight will be uh, off the streets uh, because of our work, and again, about a thousand over the year. So uh, we're busy. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so how can folks contribute, both monetarily but also volunteering? Yeah, so our Dove Learning Center, which I spoke about before, is, is, really, um, is a really our hot item, and we need volunteers to come and to serve. Um, we invite all types and anyone who wants to come and serve. Um, we would ask that you come with a service mentality, you know, like if we, need you, to, if we need you to sweep, then That's right. grab a broom. That's and right. if you can do that in that spirit of service, we'd That's love right. to have you. If you come with a real, I need to right. do my thing, then we, we you know, may, it might fit, but we're, we're looking for people right. who are flexible and exactly. bring their gifts. Exactly. And we'll leverage those gifts, but have a spirit of, of you service. Know, uh, years ago, um, I remember Mr. Frank, and he was part of the Atlantic City Mission, the West Side Youth Center, and he made a big difference in my life and the lives of other folks uh, in our neighborhood. Yeah. And he had that spirit of whatever whatever needed to be done, he and his wife would get done. Would get done, and yeah. he taught us that as well. Yeah, that's a good. That's a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so volunteerism is one of the key things, but we have to raise, you know, a lot of money every year. So I'm, I'm the, the chief beggar here. Yes. And, um, and so people do all sorts of things for us. We, we, um, one of our exciting fundraising opportunities is the sleep out. Mm-hmm. So we ask people to sleep out. Uh, we have moms and I mean women sleep out. Yeah. We have a young professional sleep out. Mm-hmm. We have an executive sleep out. We have school sleep outs, and so many of the schools have slept out, high schools, and um, and so you sleep out in solidarity yes. with our with yes. our young people who have had to sleep out, many of them in the streets, and uh, we do it safe and all. But then you raise money for us, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's been a tremendous fundraiser. And then we have our Night of Broadway Stars, which is our big fundraiser. Oh, wow. That's on uh, June seventh. Okay, and, June seventh. Yeah, June seventh. Coming up. Yeah, okay. Coming up. So that's a looking for corporate sponsors. That's a great event, and we have a lot of friends in the Broadway community who come and perform and sing, and our kids join them. It's pretty cool. And uh, where is that held? That that's at the Pack, yeah, that's Performing the Arts Pack. Center in, okay. in Newark. Yeah, so that's uh, that's it. And then people send us their generous donations regularly, and um, that's that's essential, and we that keeps us going. But um, you know, it's the generosity and kindness of people who join us in this mission who are sending the message that kids are worthy and, and that they're worth the investment. And, um, you know, we, we have are good stewards of those funds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why we do so well with our, our fundraising, because people know it's going to, it's going to serve yeah. kids. Yeah. Awesome. So, but it's a never-ending. Yes. Uh, yes. When, when Jesus said, the poor will always be with us. And <laughs> uh, sorry to say, I think that's, that is the case. But we have an unbelievable opportunity to meet these extraordinary souls and and to serve them and to see them transcend the darkness and move into light. Um, for the folks that come through the, come through Covenant House and, mm-hmm. and go to college, um, have they been able to come back to, to talk to the, the youth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a couple of staff people who were mm-hmm. st- r- residents here who come back and they're on as full-time staff. So we have about three of them now. Um, but yeah, we, we uh, are trying to do more and more of that uh, what I'd love to do is to um, to get our alumni. So, if alumni who are listening, please reach out to me. But we'd like to get videos of them, because often our young people, when you're in the midst of the the horror of it all, you you can't see a way out. You don't think it's going to get better. How can I? Is this ever going to change for me? And to hear people say, "Yeah, I was there. I, I get it. I know the darkness. I've been in that despair, and I'm okay. You you can get through it if you, you know." seek a vision for yourself and yes. listen and work hard and mm-hmm. believe and mm-hmm. work hard uh, you can you, you know you can you can get out of that and uh, so I think that's an important message so a lot of our alumni do that but um, we haven't done the best job if I had to say you know to be critical I think staying connected to our alumni we haven't done the best job at it and, and uh, that's something we're going to have to strengthen so well I tell you with with some of the tools that are available now yeah, it makes it somewhat a little easier. Oh yeah, somewhat yeah. We we gotta we get, we can make this happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you um, are you familiar with Coursera? I'm not. Coursera is an, an it's on, it's an online learning tool, and they have thousands of courses that are free. Oh wow. There's something called a MOOC, massive online open course, and in there mm-hmm. there are whatever you want to learn. It's there. The reason why I bring this up is that recently I had a woman by the name of Barbara Oakley that I interviewed. 
for my radio program. And she's a New York Times bestselling author. She has a book called Mind Shift. And she and another professor have the largest online course called uh, How to Learn. And I've been reading her books and I've been listening to her podcast. Mm. And she helps an individual to truly understand how they can learn at their pace. Oh, great. And so I'm kind of becoming like the Pied Piper. Beautiful. Where, where we can help, we yeah. can help someone to understand their personality and mm -hmm. understand how they have to learn. How cool. Yeah. But we have to tap into that. One of the, the objectives of our Dub Learning Center is called Blended Learning. Yes. And so what we've learned with our young people is that they all learn very differently. Yes, and yeah. so, and to teach them not only with one um, strategy of learning, so for example, a game yes. would be a strategy of learning. A classroom would be another mm -hmm. strategy. Mm -hmm. Individual tutoring would be another strategy. Uh, problem solving, working together in yes. groups. So these are all strategies by which to learn. And what we've learned, pretty interesting, we did a deep study on it. It's, it's not a scientific study, but it was just for our own learning that when we did this blended learning, those kids who had serious trauma levels, we used a test called the ACE score, okay. which measures your trauma experiences. So uh, we saw that, that's uh, something we're really looking at, how do kids in trauma learn? Mm -hmm. And what we were able to see that the, the kids who had experienced significant trauma did poorly in the classroom below average. Yet when they learned by two other blended learning strategies, mm -hmm they achieved more, uh, a higher grade, if you will, than the average, which was, for us was just fascinating. So I'm really interested in, in becoming a student um, yes. of your past interview E. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, she's, and, she, and she is a phenomenal, phenomenal person. I happen to uh, be reading the New York Times section, uh -huh. the book section, and I'm always looking for, for guests. Right. And uh, I connected with her on LinkedIn, and she responded back and I had on a program and it's, it's going to air in the next couple of weeks but Great. um I'll have to tune in yeah she is she's she's something else but her course it's free yeah and well that's so beautiful I think you know this the world is is sharing you know yes. from Wikipedia to uh Khan Academy all these these great opportunities so well, you know it's, it's interesting because uh, I don't want to get away from Covenant House no I'm, sir. In I'm, I'm interested I've been to public we can put space. it on pause <laughs> No. I've, been, I've been to publishing space, and uh, the publishing uh, K through 12 higher education is going through a real problem right now mm -hmm. because their, their their content is great, but their business model is broke. And so, what's happening is mm -hmm. that students are turning away from their content. Mm -hmm. So they they have to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. I think blended learning, what we're learning here, and so what we've learned, which is kind of cool, is that resilience can be taught. Yes. You can learn those skills, and that's been scientifically proven. So we need to teach those skills. And then we also know that, that blended learning. So we have found people who've done resilience, mm -hmm. and we have found people who've done blended learning. But we haven't found people who've done resilience with blended learning. Yes. So yeah. we're kind of, we feel like we're pioneers. We hate to be pioneers because we'd love other people to be out ahead well, of us. But we, here, here's, we, here's a fundraising idea for you. You pull that program together. And that's a program that you can license out to folks. Yeah. Constant revenue. Plan. Yeah, yeah. That's I love that idea. We got some work to do. We haven't we haven't uh, crystallized it yet, but we're in the the making of it, and it's a uh, it's an exciting venture. We are actually uh, getting close ah. to the end of the interview. Mm. Uh, 
Jim, what other thoughts would you like to leave with our audience about Covenant House? And also, please give us your website. Sure. Um, I, I guess that, um, you know, that I think the only way in these difficult times, you know, when people feel overwhelmed with the fear of the future and um, where we're going as a country, um, that it, I think that there's an invitation to act within, you know, do what you can with where you are. And, and I think that, uh, you know, the Stephen Covey stuff of circle of influence, circle of concern, you know, everyone's concerned about the world, but I think we have to look at what we can do. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Covenant House is a conduit for people to do, to come and to connect and to care about uh, young people. Or, and there's other opportunities too. We're not the only need in town or game in town for sure, but I, I, I think that this is an, an opportunity. Let us not get lost in our fear, uh, but let us get lost in our faith and, and be faithful to, you know, our brothers and sisters on the planet and, and to serve. It's good for the heart. You know, when I was on Wall Street, I used to get up on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon, right after the jet game. I started to get a pit in my stomach because right. Monday's coming, ah, you right. know, and I don't get that in this service world. You know, I, I never get that. I'm always excited to come to this place and to meet our staff and to, you know, it's, it's hard, it's work, but it's meaningful. And I think people have to find that in the world to find meaning by serving others. It's a, it's a good way to live. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the program. That was great. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the, Mr. Jim White, the Executive Director of Covenant House. And remember, if you've missed any part of this, this show, it's going to be on, up on iTunes U at Seton Hall University, Leadership with Darrell Gunter. Jim, thanks again. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, it wraps it up for this weekend on Leadership with Darrell Gunter. I want you to have a great weekend, but always remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.